Hoops fans, Water Hockey fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking Between the Legs 360 Windmill Good. I'm talking Luka No Look Dimes Good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So to get in on that, just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and up, minimum age and location requirements vary. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements. Void where prohibited, minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-899-9789. In Connecticut, 888-789-QUADRUPLE-7 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK. Hope NY or text Hope NY 467369. Yeah. Welcome back to episode 61 of Water Hockey, where we talk all things Texas hockey with a little bit of everything in between. Uh, Water Hockey is proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network and supported by our friends over at DraftKings. As always, make sure to use promo code THPN to get in on all the action today. In this episode, first and foremost, I want to say I apologize if things sound a little off. Uh, we absolutely could not leave you guys without an episode this week, and by any means necessary, we are here. I am currently sitting in the dark of my apartment as I have not had power for the last five hours, four hours, something like that. Yeah, I think it mm-hmm. rolled through about three o'clock or so when you text us. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so power snapped off around four thirty, five o'clock here, I think. Uh, I just got back from Denver. but And then Jason's in a, a conference room in College Station, and, and Patrick has been getting zapped by lasers, but... By any means necessary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By we'll any means necessary. That, we, are, we are bringing you episode 61 of Wana Hockey, where we will be diving in on the state of affairs for the Dallas Stars as we have just eclipsed the halfway point. But like I said, there's a lot going on with us right now. So first and foremost, I got to kick it over to Patrick. You're getting shot up by lasers. Please share with the class and all the French fries what the hell is going Sharks on. Sharks with lasers attached to their head. Yeah, freaking laser beams attached <laughs> to their freaking heads. Dude, <clears throat> it is the absolute worst. I am, as you guys know, in the process of my sleeve and part of Which that. Which amazing, by the way. Yes, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. I, it's, I have some good progress coming along here. But part of that progress is impeded by a very black script tattoo on my inner bicep, which has to be not completely gone, but it has to be faded. And the only way to get rid of a tattoo yeah, is faded, with faded, lasers. Faded. So I went and had my first 
consultation slash session today. And let me tell you guys, the guy told me, I asked him, how bad does it hurt? And he said, I think getting a tattoo is worse. I would take getting tattooed in the same spot a hundred times out of a hundred over this. It sucks. And the worst part is, not only does it hurt while you're getting it done, it really didn't take that long, it took like five minutes, but it's been hurting since then. And that was like 5.50 was when it was done. It has not stopped hurting in the, the whole time. And for reference, that's about, you know, about three or four hours into that now. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll take three hours of tattooing over this because I get like random jolts of it feels like the same feeling. I don't know how to describe it. It kind of feels like a rubber band snapping your arm really hard, but worse. So, yeah, I would if you get a tattoo and you think you might get it removed later, don't get it somewhere that hurts to get tattooed because it's going to hurt even worse to get it <laughs> lasered later. Because, yeah, that's in the inside bicep. Yeah. Yeah. Super tender. The The French fries can't see it. Y'all can. I think you can see the red outline. Yeah. Of, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> it's almost red. Like it was like tattooed on there. Like the red outline was tattooed on there. Yeah. It it. Honestly, it was less red when I had it freshly done than it is right now. And it blows. Would not recommend. But can't do anything because it's too black to cover up. And uh, yeah, can't do a full sleeve with four fifths of your arm covered. I mean, it's a it's a ratio. Well, uh, it just it's not good for continuity, you know, (laughs) that's fair. Yeah, I uh, (laughs) I don't envy you right now. Uh, and I don't have power. So, Jason, all the way from College Station, Texas, rocking in a conference room, VIP Home status. Home of the ATCHA uh, champions, right? Did A&M yeah, win that? Yeah, the ACHA, Texas, I think the TCHA, yeah. something like that, champs, uh, which we, uh, we shared a post today. It's the first time, uh, I believe, ever that the southern branch of the ACHA uh, has two representatives in uh, Texas A&M and ETBU. So huge shout out to those programs. Uh, I got to see those guys play against each other in College Station. Uh, but yeah, so you're in a conference room because you've got like the VIP status. Uh, oh, yeah. What's uh, what's new in the land of, of the J- the Jasons? Besides getting uh, egregious penalties because you're the most violent player uh, on the Friday night uh, D-League in Richardson. Okay, so I, I did send you guys that video, right? <laughs> yes. I believe that Joe was Buck the, would call that a disgusting act. A disgusting it was such act. a horseshit call to be <laughs> with, though. Because, okay, one, I, I think I've said this a million times on here. Like, when we play D-League hockey, if there's any contact, nine times out of ten, it's completely incidental and, and on accident. You know, like, I'm not trying to lay a motherfucker out. Like that's, that's not at all what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to survive because nine times out of 10, I've got to go to work the next morning. Yeah. You know? So like, I I just want to play hockey with my bros and drink some beers on Friday night. Yep. But this dude, like head down, skated, lost the puck. And I like, I dumped it off to one of my teammates because I saw this guy and all I wanted to do was brace for impact because he was coming straight at me, skating straight at me. With some speed, too. Yeah, exactly. And so all I did was brace for impact, 
And because I'm 285 pounds, he just gets completely leveled, absolutely destroyed on the ice, whistle immediately from the the referee. And because the contact, like I said, was completely incidental and, you know, nothing happened out of it, I thought they were calling something else that happened. So, like, I'm just skating. I'm I'm in the middle of the rink waiting for this freaking face-off. And then, like, the referee comes and, like, taps me. He's like, hey, man, go to the box. And I'm like, for what? I didn't I didn't do anything. <laughs> and, like, I, you know, I will tweet this video for reference so you guys can see it. I'll probably tweet it, you know, Friday for yep. you guys so you guys can hear it or see it. But, yeah, dude, like, yeah. I, you, can, you can just – and then, so I, I will say the referee did come to me after the game and was like, hey, you know what? Like, I was talking to the other referee. He was like, dude, it was a bad call. So at least – you know, only half of the refs there were blind. Uh, he he just he saw the hit, and you know, a hit like that would, uh, I mean, maybe be intentional, but that's definitely not what happened. That was not the case in this particular instance. And yeah, but yeah, I guess I, I am a goon, if you will. <laughs> I do I do like to talk trash, but it's it's completely you know innocent trash. Uh, you know, talk about having sex with their mothers. Um, with Lord, going uh, back to the Xbox wives. 360 days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Teabagging them like after you score a goal on them. So <laughs> laying out the goalie and dropping your sack on them. <laughs> but I mean, see, that's 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 you know that's Friday night hockey, man, and everybody's fun and it's 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 a good time. But yeah, I just <laughs> I couldn't believe that that call happened and. I, I think the guy even was just like, no, nah, completely messed up, man. I just ran into a brick wall. Like He went straight down. Yeah, instantly. I, I, he did get back up, though, pretty quick. But I think he was more embarrassed than anything. Like, he definitely had a stick between his legs, skating off. And, <laughs> oh, I'm in misery now. Uh. <laughs> but, yeah. Good times, though. Good times. Good times, indeed. Well... Jesus, it's been it's been a wild uh, it's been a wild ride since the last time we've recorded. Uh, I was extremely fortunate to be uh, in Denver, Colorado, for uh, a majority of the the past weekend and into the week. Uh, we are recording a day late, uh, and we will be releasing a day late, so you will be hearing this on Friday. But my God, absolute stick taps all around to the uh, the people of Denver. Uh, and they're the ball sack arena, absolutely killer barn that they have. Their setup is insane, but just had an absolute blast. Uh, I do want to say Tyler Sagan, uh, owes Brooke about $18 and 50 cents because he did. I will say this too, before we lead into this, I told Brooke four times, do not keep your beer and nachos on the boards. Tyler Sagan I mean, is notorious. He is for notorious for doing it. For seeing That's a rookie and, mistake. Yeah. And destroying and she, for whatever reason, wouldn't listen to little old me. And he came over, and I had just turned off the live on my uh, on the uh, Water Hockey uh, Instagram account, and he came in guns hot, ass high, and completely obliterated her nachos and uh, and margarita that she had just gotten. Uh, and so that was the the picture that you saw on the story from last night was definitely that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll get into it here in a second. But it was an insane night, an insane evening. My first away game for the Dallas Stars, so my first game with on enemy territory. That whole thing, it was just a, a, a phenomenal time. 
Sorry, had to sneeze. Uh, <laughs> oh, I was like, oh no. I was like, yeah. oh no. No, we actually percent on that battery ran out my, pretty quick. My, my power just came back on, so we're rocking Uh-oh. again. Oh, how power about that? Came, we're we're back, but I'm Dick gonna taps all around there. There it is again. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Patrick. Um, but yeah, so I'm gonna keep rocking. We'll leave that like one this, in. Though. Yeah, but yeah, so uh, all around fantastic time. If you're ever on the fence about visiting uh, another rink uh, while the stars are out of town, I highly recommend it. Um, I was a little worried. I thought that uh, I saw some rumblings on the interwebs before about the fans not being too thrilled with the stars and how they don't really care for us, but they were all extremely kind. Uh, the one funny thing that I, I took away from it, so they no, no longer use paper or plastic cups. I don't know if you guys saw this. They're using aluminum reusable cups now. So all of their drinks, like the draft beers and the margaritas, come in aluminum cups, which I thought was kind of weird. Like when you look at it online, it looks like like a solid one. And I saw a lot of like people in the Facebook groups for the stars saying, you know, if you're the game, please grab me one of these. Uh, There is no integrity to these aluminum cups. They are essentially Coke cans shaped like cups. They're very thin. So I don't know what anyone was expecting as far as that went. But I, I know I've seen like the aluminum ones at like Target that are like overly reusable. Uh, these are not sturdy. I can confirm that, but is it like a uh, paper straws kind of too? Yeah. Yeah. Almost exactly like that where you're just like, why are we doing this? But I get it. Aluminum is save uh, the turtles. But, yeah. It's all about the turtles, man. I, I like totals, uh, but yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, that, it was, uh, it was a great time. It was, a, it was an amazing time. Uh, you know, had a great time Friday playing with the boys, the little pylons as usual. Uh, while Jason was, you know, just absolutely gooning it up on the other side of the ice. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. You could be a goon, you could be, uh, you know, a playmaker, but as long as you show up with the right bag, then I think that you're going to be completely fine. Heard so that yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> leave it in, baby, leave it in, <laughs> leave it in. but yeah, so like a, Jason, I told you guys before, man, I'm a couple chimneys margs in. So <laughs> yeah, we're, this is the chimney margs episode. But yeah, so uh, Jason, why don't you uh, why don't you give us the skinny on these uh, on on the bags that can make you look like a professional at any level? Well, guys, it's very simple. Uh, if you're looking to replace that old moldy hockey bag with that busted ass zipper on it, go check out ConwayandBanks.com. They make premium quality bags that are extremely right. built to last. Uh, they include those removable organizers just to keep all your gear organized. And they keep everything dry with the, all that waterproof materials on them and those giant vents on the side. Uh, my favorite feature is that built-in foot mat because it keeps my feet dry from those nasty locker room floors. They do come in three different sizes and colors, so you'll be sure to find one that you love. Go get uh, 10% off by using code WHATAHOCKEY10 and get your gear to the rink in well uh like we like we said there's a ton of stuff going on with the stars right now we're in the middle of the season the Allen americans are still continuing their uh their their climb back to the playoffs uh had a couple of good games against the kansas city mavericks uh i was thinking about this we we as a team collectively the wanna hockey trio have not been to an americans game this season. And so I'm thinking we should make it a French fry thing. So put it Dude, in the they comments. They got the mean green alumni game come, or not. It wasn't, 
They have a UNT night coming up. Ah, we could that, maybe use that. But I'm thinking that. we need to uh, we need to pick a night where all three of us and our our, our significant others can uh, join us for a game and have all of the French fries out. Maybe see if we can uh, you know take over the 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 rink or a section at least. But uh, keep an eye on that. We'll 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 do some tossing around with the team and see if we can't get like a maybe a promo code. Uh, something along those lines. To, We're going to have our people contact the Americans people and, and see what we can make happen. A right? lot of people contacting a lot of people to make it all better for everyone. Uh, but yeah, uh, and, and just a huge shout out to a uh, side note before we jump into the stars. The U.S. and Canadian women's hockey teams are playing in, in a mere hour uh, here in our time for the gold medal and I just want to give a huge shout out to women's hockey in general because I think it's been kind of shit on recently uh, without any really warranted reason why because the U.S. and Canadian men's hockey teams have absolutely shot the bed, uh, both eliminated yesterday. So it's really, really upsetting that the uh, the women are not getting the praise that they deserve. So whoever wins that game, obviously this is going to come out after that game is over. Uh, so congratulations gold medal winner whoever. yeah congratulations u.s or yeah. congratulations or, canada yeah well uh, you know what we can we can edit that in post right that's what we <laughs> that way we know uh what's going on but uh man that person has put themselves him or herself in a very particular situation <laughs> yes i i wish nothing but the best for team canada <laughs> after they've won the gold medal uh but yeah really Really cool situation, and uh, excited to see how that game goes down. Another exciting game. Man, Stars get absolutely throttled on Sunday at the American Airlines Center and get beat, what was it, 4-0? to zero? It was 4-0, to zero and that score is not indicative of how bad it was. Yeah. It should have Patrick, easily been 23 you. to nothing. I remember Patrick, you texting uh, in our group saying they just—it's like they can't do anything right, uh, no matter what facet of the game it was, and it just this team, this team is one of those teams. We're just gonna dive right into it. This is the state of the stars right now. We're just over the halfway point of the season. We're less than a month away from the trade deadline. We are in the thick of a central division road trip with like eight or nine games straight against central division opponents. That being said, that game was one of those games where you think, okay, that's the kind of game that the rest of the season goes downhill from here. And then they go on the road to Colorado against a team that had not lost at home in regulation since October 26th of last year. Then they lose to the Stars, baby. The streak killers, are in, they were in town yeah, in full force. Again, you killed the 10-game the win streak against the Penguins earlier in the season. Now you kill this streak. Not only was that the first regulation loss since October 26th for the Avalanche, they were on a tear for a 20-point game streak. It's just so frustrating because, like Patrick, when you said in the text, they can't do anything right. They go from not being able to do anything right to playing 
defensively one of their better games this entire season. Jake Ottinger stopped more shots than he ever has in his entire career. And I want to say that the Dallas Stars players, I think they stopped, they blocked 26 shots. So you add that together, and that's like upwards of 60 to 70 shots on goal that the Stars were able to derail. Yes, 29 shots. 29 blocked shots on top of Jake Ottinger's career save night. 46, what was it, 46, 49? I think is what it was. 46. Yeah, they had like 88 total shots, I want to say. I mean. Absolutely amazing. Unreal. And so the the most frustrating part, if you if you flash back to last season, and someone said this earlier on, on the tweeters, they said the Dallas Stars are the, I mean, the bar was low. But statistically, the Dallas Stars are the most improved team in overtime and shootouts, which is right. And that's great. That's the one good thing I'll give Rick Bonus is whatever he was doing wrong in OT last year, whatever coach was working on it, they've somehow seemingly fixed it. Obviously, with Jason Robertson getting the game winner against the Winnipeg Jets uh, when they went into overtime, which they shouldn't have, but they you know, gave up that game tying goal with 36 seconds left because stars hockey and, uh, but they were able to turn it around, get the win. Jason Robertson, just absolutely on a tear, the rightful owner of rookie of the year, but it's just, it's, it's so frustrating. Uh, Patrick, I'm going to kick, I'm going to kick it over to you with this first question. Is this where you expected this team to be at this point in the season? Depends on what day you asked me that question. Let's okay. You know what? Answer this question. Answer the question as if I asked it on Sunday, and then answer the question again if I asked it yesterday. The answer is yes to both of those days. <laughs> I, I texted my my cousin in a group text. He's a big Stars fan up in Denver. Um, <clears throat> and shout out to him because he was actually sitting pretty close to Fink on Tuesday. Which yes, is we, small we world. An, yeah, we had an encounter. They, they had an they had an encounter, totally uh, unawares to each other of who the other was, which is kind of funny. But I digress. I texted them and said, "Only this fucking team could get stomped 4-0, go on a road trip, and play the same team two days later and have a different result in the complete." opposite yeah like that the fact that we won was the least surprising thing in my opinion because that's the thing about the t- this this iteration of the stars is they can play like complete dog shit or they can snap a 20 potential 20 game point streak of the number one team probably in the entire nhl so the answer is yes to are they where I expected them to be in both forms. I expected them to be not that great and not really in playoff contention. And I also kind of expected them to maybe maybe not on the cusp where we're at of will they, won't they make the playoffs, but more like five, six seed I thought was more realistic. Definitely not anywhere four and up. But I don't know, man. 
it's incredibly frustrating. And you and I had opposite experiences. I sat at that game on Sunday, and the whole time we got to watch Ryan Suter, I I don't know what he was doing. And I texted you guys about it. But I, yep. running a power play, I'm not a hockey expert, nor have I played hockey, but I can't imagine that when you have one minute of your power play shift, you want to spend 50 of it passing around the edge with no <laughs> no motion, no driving towards the net from anybody. And that was not any more apparent watching it on Sunday than it was watching the next game on Tuesday where Klingberg was running the exact same line. And what do you know? They fucking scored. We can maybe get into Klingberg a little bit later, but oh man, glad we're paying Ryan Suter three point six five million dollars a year. Can't wait to trade for another aging defenseman. God, fuck this team. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a pretty straightforward, uh, definitive statement at the end there, Patrick. Even though I'm, I may or may not have heard it, but that's besides the point. Uh, Jason, fuck this team, right? Fuck this team, Jason. I pose the same question to you because you are the philosophical one of the group. Are you, is this team, or is this team where you expected them to be? Uh, Let's take out the equation of answering that like it's on Sunday and then Tuesday. Uh, Let's just, where it's at now, is this where you expected this team to be at this point in the season? Uh, Honestly, no. I thought we would uh, be a little better. Uh, However, that is not the case. Uh, I think we were sitting at 10th in the West at the moment, uh, if I did my math correctly. But also looking at the four or five teams that are ahead of us, they're only we're they're like tied for sixth. I think like I think we have 54 points, and the four teams ahead of us have 55. But we have two games in pocket. So, do I think we're going to win the cup this year? Absolutely not. Do I think we make the playoffs? 100 percent and that's kind of how this team has always been uh and i think that is that and you know i've said it here a thousand times and I'm, what's one more time right i think it's just dfw sports in general it's the cowboys it's the rangers it's the mavericks we're good we're not great there's always one element of this team that's missing and uh yeah i mean we're like i said we're good we're not spectacular um we're just there we're not yeah we we exist (laughs) we are coexisting with the other members the other tenants of the american airlines center it's just it's frustrating at times though here's a question is there a worse place to be in any league really especially one that has a draft lottery than coexisting you're not spectacular and you're not Phoenix, not Phoenix, Arizona Coyote, terrible. I feel like being absolutely god-awful horrible is better than continually mediocre. Because, I mean, it it happens every year. I mean, you know, you get your hopes up because we're fed the bullshit line of like, this is our year, you know, we did this, this, and this, and we're going to be contending for a cup when we all know that that's not the truth. We're going to be a one-and-done a wild card, we might make it out of the wild card and, and, and into the and into the, the legit first round, if you will. But we're not gonna be 
we're gonna be skating anybody's socks off. We're not gonna be the 2020 stars, the COVID stars, you know, that that had that hot flash again. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, look at the Bengals. Not a football podcast, of course, <laughs> but it's relevant. I mean, it's timely. Yeah. yeah, but 2020 first round pick, number one overall, get Joe Burrow. They're uh, not great the next season. And especially once he went down again, they're pretty bad. I don't think you can say they're actively tanking because their team composition was just not good. And next year, 2021 draft Jamar chase two of arguably the most instrumental players to the super bowl run this year. Yeah. Taking one and taking five. Mm -hmm. And if you're constantly just on the cusp of the playoffs and out of the lottery. Of course, the NFL doesn't have the lottery, so it's a little bit different, but just on the cusp of the playoffs, you're consistently getting, what, 16, 14? I mean, no offense to the players picked at 16, 14, whatever, but they're not Alex Lafreniere. Yeah. Yeah. They're not a... If you get lucky that they slip, maybe. But 99 out of 100 times, they're not the franchise-changing player that you want them to be, like a one no, or a just, two would be. Yeah, they're like a third-line defenseman starting out. Or, yeah, you know, with, with you know, potential that they can jump up into the second, maybe the first line if they're developed properly. But mm -hmm. if you're constantly in that mid-level, you're basically retreading the team with younger players and hoping that they work out. Yeah. I think a lot of it too, because if, if I, if I had to, if I had to give it an answer, I'd say I kind of expected us to be where we're at right now and not because the team is, is either under or overperforming by any means, because let's be honest, they're not overperforming for anyone. We're just in an extremely ridiculously competitive Division. I'm looking through all the divisions right now, and specifically the Western Conference. Obviously, you have the Central, which the Stars are in, and the Pacific Division, which is piss poor, comparatively speaking. Through 47 games, the Stars are 26 and 19 and 2 with 54 points. They're currently outside of a playoff spot behind the, the Predators the Blues, the Wild, and the Avalanche, respectively, uh, in their conference. But it's you put them in a different division, and we're talking a little bit differently, I think, especially with the Pacific, where the Calgary Flames have just absolutely exploded recently and now are sitting on top with uh, 60 points over the Golden Knights, trading for Tyler Toffoli, who had an immediate impact. I, I just, I don't know. I feel like we are exactly where maybe I expected us to be, but just maybe not the way that we got here. Let's put it like that. It sounds like what we need to do is be actively tanking. We need to take the Dallas Mavs approach and, and actively tank. Well, that's the Honestly, thing, too. I don't see why not. Yeah, that's the thing, too, though. And I think it's funny that you brought that up. I've seen a lot of people argue that fact with, well, this is likely one of, if not Jim Neal's last year with the team, one of the last few years, right? Mm -hmm. And so his job is on the line. 
Yeah, Patrick put up the fingers crossed. But his job is on the line. <laughs> so if your job is on the line and you know that you cash it in means that you are effectively giving in your notice without being fired, you know, it, obviously – I think this is going to tie into like what, who we think is going to you know end up being or who we think the stars are going to end up being at the trade deadline buyers or sellers. It, you'd be silly kind of to not as Jim Neal be a buyer and try and get that one or two you know those one or two pieces that'll push you into the next hopefully the next round of the playoffs or into the wild card spot or however they feel like they need to be or go. So we'll we'll see. I mean we'll see what happens. But yeah, that's that's kind of how it shapes up in my eyes. I think that leads us to our next question on the run sheet, which is: Should we be buyers or sellers at the deadline? I I think Fink hit it right on. You have to turn into buyers at this point. Like, do you want do you want to sit back and, and sit here and just shit the bed for the rest of it, or do you want to legitimately go out and try to say like, hey? This is what I did because, I mean, like you said, this is Nils more than likely last season here. So at this point, you should be auditioning for a job and, and saying, hey, this is what I put together my last season. Fucking make it happen. Like, ball out. Fucking pay like what we did for A-Rod. Uh, give them $300 million. And just start <laughs> buying people, man. Just buy, buy, buy. If you have the money, buy. Notably so, successful trade, Alex Rodriguez to the Rangers. Right. Or noticeably yeah. successful signing. Right. <laughs> but, uh, you, I mean, you, you, you guys you get, get what I'm getting at here. You get what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You should just doing whatever you can to, to try to put this team in contention and get them where they need to be. Either that or just shit the bed. Who knows? Like, it, we're in such a unique situation as a franchise right now because we have quite a bit of youth assets, right? You know, you just had a phenomenal, probably one of the best drafts in Stars history as it stands without going too far, right? If you think about it, you kind of look at it and go, okay, one of two things. Either Jim Neal is going to go, this is not the team to do it. We've got a lot of expiring contracts. To save my ass, I'm going to set this team up, this franchise up to be successful in the next eight to ten years, kind of floundering around the wild card spot, much like they have for the next five to six. You know, and I. But I as a fan, that's something I don't really want to hear, though. Right, but and that's the thing. I think that, and that's what's a dangerous part with this franchise, is because Dallas sports fans, like you mentioned, are so fickle. The moment anything bad happens, it is all burn the city down. Burn the city down, all aboard the bandwagon for the other team that we want to root for. Like, I'm done with this, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you had that dumbass that threw the sweater on the ice. And while I think it's hilarious to a degree, I I honestly think <laughs> it really is. It, it, it was. Is so I mean, funny. it really was hilarious. And it's it's hilarious too because the fans got so bent out of shape over it. They thought it was like the most embarrassing thing. The guy was more than likely just absolutely buckled off $11 Bud Lights. Pre-game at the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. And I mean, he threw a Jamie Benn reverse retro onto the ice, which people were making a joke out of in itself. Like, if you're going to throw any jersey onto the ice, 
it was that one. So good, good on that. But <laughs> I mean, he probably bought a new jersey and was just really yeah. excited to wear it. Yeah, so he's just but, like fuck and, and, this thing. Yeah, it was funny. I think the fans getting all bent out of shape about it. Listen, I the I will say this, and this is kind of a, a change of direction for just a moment, and something that I wish Stars fans were a bit better about is I get that this is not necessarily a hockey town and it may not ever be a hockey town, even if the stars were to win a Stanley cup. But what I really, just despite water hockey's best efforts, we're doing everything we can, but being <laughs> at the avalanche game where arguably they're the best team in hockey, the city was buzzing. Like I wore a stars hoodie. People were asking if I was going to the game and, you know, they're like, well, you know, we're really excited because this is the best we've felt in a long time. And, and I was like, well, yeah, that's what you guys say every year. And then you make it to the second round and shit the bed. Uh, Ask Joel Kibiranta, even though he doesn't really seemingly do anything anymore. But I, I appreciated it because every single hockey play that happened, that crowd was way into it. Like, I remember Joel Pavelski, not even on a breakaway, but was pushing on the, the Avalanche's zone. And he shot the puck and one of, I don't know if it was Landis Gog or McCarr or whoever it might've been just put their stick in front of it and blocked the shot. The crowd went nuts. And it was like, they just appreciated the sport in the game. And I, I think that's what we're as, as a podcast, like you said, we're trying to bring more attention to it and better educate and make it not as intimidating for people that may not watch hockey often or regularly, but it was just like, damn, this is what it's like to be in like a hockey centric town, you know, and that's not even we're not even talking about the north. I mean, this is Colorado. This is Denver. Not saying that they don't get winter weather, but you it's don't. Not Canada. It's not Canada. It's not New York. It's not Boston. It's not Buffalo where you expect it like Minnesota. You're expected to enjoy hockey to a certain degree or know about it to a certain degree. So it was it was it was really enjoyable to be around that and even more enjoyable to to shove it down their throats when we, you know, tallied the four to one win. But I think that's really I mean, what it boils down to for me is realizing that at some point this team that went to the Stanley Cup finals in the bubble is going to be ripped apart. Not I mean, not because we want it to, but because that's just how the NHL happens and that's how it works. We live in a capped business. era. It's business. We live in a capped era, which makes it extremely difficult, especially with ridiculously over-the-top contracts like Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan now have, to to really hold on to those key pieces that you you fall in love with. And I I, I will say, as as a Stars fan, looking you know from the inside out, I will say I do appreciate the other Stars fans really like attaching themselves to players who spend a notable amount of time here. You know, whenever they come back to town, you know, guys like Roussel or, I mean, even Cogliano, people like that who maybe didn't make a gigantic impact to the organization overall, but because of the effort that they gave, like fans really stick with them. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think, I think the stars are in a unique situation where with the amount of youth that they have, they could really go in and say, you know what, we're going to sell, here's Radulov on a gold platter, give us some draft picks, here's Pavelski, here's Holtby, we want more draft picks, we want your prospects. And Jim Nill's like, you know what, this is how I'm going to save my job and leave my legacy in a positive manner with the Stars by setting them up for success. And then the Stars are just going to have to kind of deal with it, the fandom falling off for a little while. It, it happened in the mid-2000s, 
you know, when Jamie Benn uh, was coming up as a rookie and Brendan Morrow was your captain and, you know, they, they had a couple of good seasons where they made the playoffs, you know, beat the San Jose Sharks in that insane playoff game. But, you know, once Madonna left, you kind of lost that. You lost that major, major superstar. Uh, so, yeah, and we might be going through that again. Who knows? I mean, we've got a couple of really great guys and Hints and Heiskanen and, and Peterson and Robertson, you know, Otter. The guys are there for your next phase of success. Uh, but it's just getting those those Wyatts, those Stankovens, guys like that in with the mix. So we'll have to see how that goes. I just think, one, I, I think I'm of the opposite opinion as you two fellers are, and that I think we should be sellers. And the only yeah. reason I say that is because the sooner we can miss the playoffs, I know there's only two years left. If we miss the playoffs this year, I hope the grace of God bonus is gone and we can get a guy in here that plays hockey. That's not from 1996 because statistically we've brought it up before, but I want to say like 72% of goals scored in the NHL, especially at even strength are when you enter the zone with control of the puck and the stars are not a controlled zone entry team. And that is directly because of bonuses system that has continually proven to be a fluke in my opinion, especially when you go against the teams like Colorado that can skate circles around your aging team. No offense to Gurry and Rope and Jason Robertson, but for the most part, this team is very slow so I don't know why you would ever play away from your team's physical strengths and try and play a game of dump and chase. We bitch about it all the time, me in particular, but it's just so incredibly frustrating. And something you mentioned earlier was the shootouts are better, which makes the whole offensive system a little more frustrating because it shows that there is room for change that can be implemented and implemented successfully. It's just only being done piecemeal. Yeah. So I think the sooner we can get bonus out and start playing to the strengths of the players that we have while also drafting players that can fit into an updated system that is effective this century, I think the better off we'll be. But that's, that's just my opinion. So, I think we I think we all have our opinions, buyers and sellers, and I think we all make fantastic points. Obviously, I'm with you. I want bonus out. I think I think something that really enticed me recently, uh, some some NHL hockey news, was the hiring of Mar- Martin Saint Louis as the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens, which was even more hilarious when I was reading the Twitter thread. And someone said, this guy's coaching experience is literally coaching a 13 and under peewee team. <laughs> Legitimately, I think that was his like, that's, that was his pedigree coming into this job. So it kind of, it, it excited me though, because even if he fails, it, sh- it shows that we might be finally moving on from this old generation of hockey coaches that just gets fucking cycled through 
like Tortorello has been, you know, it's like there's a, a Ken Hitchcock, a prime example. Ken mm-hmm. Hitchcock won the Stanley Cup in 1999 for the Dallas Stars, moved on from the from the team, and then somehow made his way back and looked even more like Peter Griffin when he got back here. And then decided that he just wanted to retire, and then he wanted to like be a, 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 a like a what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like an advisor to the team. And then, if I remember correctly, didn't consultant. he a consultant? Didn't he start coaching again for an, another team recently in the last couple of years? It's like it, it's yes. It, it's just it's a this is the one another thing about this this league that is extremely frustrating is you just don't see new coaches emerge. A prime example is literally the guy who just led the LA Rams to a Super Bowl, McVay. That guy is 36 years old. The youth movement in the NFL coaching staff is insane. You got guys like, what's his name? Kellen Moore, uh, quarterback's coach, now offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, possibly interviewing to be the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. The kid's like, he looks like he's 28. And I don't understand why that can't translate over to other sports. Chris Woodward, the general manager of the Texas Rangers. He's not an older guy. He's not that far removed from playing Major League Baseball. And he's a, you know, he's a, he was a fresh, a fresh mind they brought in. And that's something even baseball does where baseball gets shit on regularly for not evolving, but yet they're hiring, you know, Gabe Kapler. That's another name just because he's a <laughs> guy. Isn't he the manager now for the Cincinnati Reds? I mean, uh, it's, Giants. Something like that. Yeah, Giants. 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 Yes, Sounds thank right. you. Uh, but, you know, outside of like Rob Brendamore of the Carolina Hurricanes, you're not seeing a lot of like these ex-players come up anymore. And, and coach, I think Patrick Wall did it for a little while and didn't do very well. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, the you know, uh, I mean, arguably the greatest hockey player, if not one of the greatest athletes of all time, coached and that flopped. Like, I just wish that more young minds would start practicing making it into the NHL as head coaches, uh, and not just you know topping out at the ECHL or AHL level. No offense at all to those coaches that have done so. Uh, but I want to see some more youth. I, I, you know, I know the Chicago Blackhawks were the team that most recently did that, and it worked for a little while. Obviously, they changed their path recently and got rid of him, and they've been doing about 500. Uh, so, you know, nothing exciting. But it, it's very concerning to me that if bonus gets popped, who is the next in line? You know, nobody sticks out to me as an exciting candidate to come in and and be that guy so you know i guess that would be my next question is is patrick if bonus gets popped who who is your guy or is there a dark horse in your mind where you're like this would be someone I, i could see coming on as a coach for this team i'm gonna be completely honest with you i don't know too much about the current coaching availability landscape so i'm gonna have to politely yeah. decline that one. Maybe that's a topic will, for next episode. That's fair. Yeah, and just I will digging say, on that because there's going to be well, tons of vacancies. That is an interesting question, think, though. There's, I think there's going to be a lot of vacancies. It's a very shallow pool, and it's and it's names of guys literally like Tortorello. Um, mm. So 
it, there's not much. I will say that, that this is, and this is just coming from like me being a little giddy kid that is doing a hockey podcast based on Texas hockey. One guy who does have some coaching experience and did play in the NHL and played for the Dallas Stars for a time. Mike Madano. And actually, no. <laughs> and was a guest of ours on Wada Hockey. Oh. That's Vern Fiddler. Oh. He was the assistant coach for the Kelowna Rockets. Remember, he was just taking a break from it. He does love being back in Dallas. His family's here. The guy obviously knows hockey and has been around the sport long enough and has had some coaching experience. If you're going to take a guy like Martin St. Louis, who's apparently just coaching 13 and under peewees, and give him an NHL coaching job, (laughs) I would look at a guy like Vern Fiddler and say, you know the organization. You know the front office. You're still active in the community. Why not? That's that's honestly a name that I've been tossing around in my head, and until today I haven't said it out loud, but it makes sense if he's willing to do it. Let me throw out a name for you really quick. Please say Steve Ott. Jim Montgomery. I mean... <laughs> I mean... He what? was the closest thing that we had to... Youth? Young, yeah. new blood. I agree, and I... I, now that we're saying it out loud, it scares me because I hope the front office isn't scared to take a chance on a guy like that because it did what? come back and kind of bite them in the ass. Shot at redemption right here. Yeah. I mean, he's doing well Get in Monty St. Louis. Monty back. Oh, that's what got him fired, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Talking about his hairy balls on the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But, I mean, seriously – I mean, he was uh, out of his 113 games here, you know, he was 60 and 43. Uh, I mean, can't be any worse than what we're working with right now. You're not wrong. I think the first question that anybody needs to ask a new head coaching candidate is Will the offense take care of itself? And if their answer is anything other than no, they're immediately disqualified. That's fair. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Jim Neal, I'll take a 2% finding finder's fee. Yeah, yeah, Thank you. Fee. Uh, but yeah, I mean, could you imagine though, if Mike Madonna just said, you know what? I want to, I want to try it. I want to do some head coaching. You have to immediately accept him, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're smart, I know that there is apparently, you know, rumor has it some, some not great blood between the front office and Mike Madonna. Um, but you know, see, if, I don't, I don't know if you do though. I mean, he kind of. You don't think you say yes automatically? No, I, I think we're in a position right now where you want a, you do want a young coach, yes, but you still want a coach, not the not the player coach. Uh, I I mean, I understand, you know, he could be, he could be have a different perspective with things, but I I think you need somebody who has already, you know, I mean, maybe we start looking to the college leagues. And seeing what's out there. I mean, in a way, like how we got Montgomery from Denver, you're going to have to find a coach like that, I think, to take take this team. Who knows how to work with the true young talent, the up-and-coming talent, who, who can recognize what you're looking for in the draft. Whether we develop here in the States or obviously we go out and to uh, Europe and, and and find a talent there. But you, you need somebody who's kind of got that experience. I, I don't think we're in a position to to hope that a guy like Madonna works out. I think he'd be a solid assistant coach. 
to learn the ropes so that, you know, one day that this could happen. But I do think we're going to have to have some sort of experience with it first, though. What's Michigan's head coach up to? Being he down Michigan. to leave? <laughs> Shit, just watching uh, watching his boys flounder away a chance at a medal at the Olympics. There's, an, there's another uh, what a hockey guest uh, who has that connection. We can call up our boy Turco. And uh, I mean, see what see if he can get the guy on board. We need to pull some strings. Do we do we have to go to the front office and say, "Hey, I got a guy. You may have heard of him, Turco. He knows some people. Let's (laughs) let's let's see if we can make some stuff happen. Let's do it. Can't possibly be worse. I mean, we've got Turco's DMs. We're we're already in them. I just, I mean, it's it'll be interesting. I think a lot of it, you know, obviously Jim Neal, you know. It all trickles down from his decisions, but you know we'll, we'll just have to see how it plays out. I think we're all on board, though, uh, with the fact that there does need to be a coaching change, and I think we all have you know differing opinions. I think we'll figure it out. Next up, the last thing that we have really kind of written down, I'm gonna hit it. I'm gonna hit it over uh, to you first, Jason. Who has been the biggest surprise? and the biggest disappointment on the ice for you this season? I feel like the biggest disappointment might be an easy one for all of us to kind of agree upon, um, but who's been the biggest surprise on the team so far this season for you? I think the biggest surprise would probably be Joel Hanley. Okay. Friend of the show. Yeah, absolutely. He's done some solid stuff. I, I do think you know he's he's going to fill a role here and be an elite level player here here soon as, as he develops. And I think to go to the second part of this question, Alexander Radulov has kind of been a disappointment for me this season. Yeah, oh. I haven't, I haven't quite ex, you know he hasn't exceeded my expectations by any means whatsoever. You know we wanted him to be the fiery, explosive person out person that he was last season, but play a little smarter to where, you know, maybe don't slash a dude right in front of the ref. Maybe wait till the referee has got his back turned and then slash somebody in the yeah, in the then legs. Get then get him, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, uh, I think they talked about it in the Mighty Ducks. You got to cheat, but cheat right, you know. And I yeah. don't think we're seeing that from, uh, from Radulov, you know. Cheat within the confines of the rules. Of course. Uh, no, no, it was a South Park reference to uh, whenever. Oh, how do I reach these kids? When Cartman became the, <laughs> it said Bill Belichick. He cheated. Yes, <laughs> I misinterpreted the rules. <laughs> if you're, yeah, if you cheat and get away with it, you're savvy. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you're cool. You're savvy. <laughs> yes, how do I reach these kids? Well, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think that uh, Hanley has been a very welcome surprise as a role player. I mean, you you obviously take a different you you take a different avenue than you know the star player uh, being out on the ice every night. So, you know, Hanley, you know, taking that role and, and really flourishing, getting his first regular season goal. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's a solid surprise. But yeah, so Patrick, 
Jason's was biggest surprise, Joel Hanley, biggest disappointment, Alexander Radulov. So I posed the same question to you, uh, which I said beforehand. I'm, I'm surprised the disappointment wasn't somebody else from Jason, uh, seeing a hit as he is a defenseman. I, I think you kind of know where I'm going with that. So, Patrick, I, I pose the same question to you. Biggest surprise, biggest disappointment in this season so far? Biggest surprise for me is, I think, Joe Pavelski. Ooh. He just hasn't slowed down. Yeah. It's not that I didn't expect him to be good because he's been consistently good throughout his career, but he mm-hmm. has been incredible, dude. Yes. I mean, four four points last night. He had yep. a five-point game earlier this season. He's had – I'd have to look it up. I don't have it on hand, but it seems like in the games that they win, he's got a hand in two or three of the goals, whether he's scoring or assisting – Pretty much every time. I know that's a bit of hyperbole, but the guy is just making a huge impact. And not only is he making the impact, but he is being a stellar example on and off the ice, if reports are to to be believed, for his line mates in Robertson and Hintz. And I think that's probably his biggest impact, honestly, is that Raw talent can only take you so far. You have to be able to put in the work and do the preparation outside of the 60 minutes that you play every other night. And he seems to be a shining example of Mm -hmm. putting in that extra work and going that extra step to be a great hockey player. And for a young guy like Robertson and a young guy like Hintz, that's almost more valuable than seeing his play in the regular season or in the playoffs because that's only part of it. A game is just a result of preparation. I'm glad you brought that up because as it stands, last season he played 56 games, right, and got 51 points off of 25 right. goals, 26 assists. Yesterday was his 47th game and his 52nd point eclipsing his total from last year with 21 goals and 31 assists on this season. And we're only 47 games in in a full season. Uh, He's on pace right now to have the most points that he's had since the 2015-2016 season. So, yeah, yeah, I'm with you, 100%. Huge surprise. We all knew he was going to be good. We didn't know he was going to be that good. Right. Exactly. That's a positive surprise. Absolutely. You know, Indeed. even further. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So now we've gone over the positive. Let us jump into the negative Nancy pool. Who has been the biggest disappointment for you this season? You already know who it is. It's Ryan fucking Suter. It's Ryan fucking Suter. <laughs> Before you jump into it, I want to say I compared him in front of a couple of Avalanches, Avalanche fans uh, last night. I said, Ryan Suter is if you buy an old Pokemon card pack and the best card you pull out is a Magikarp. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, but also, you paid $200 for that pack of cards. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the only pack of cards that you'll have for the next four years. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. Feel free. This might be the, the sassy synopsis of the week, but feel free to uh, elaborate on the disappointment that is Ryan Suter. I mean, I, it's like I mentioned, 
we saw the gaping hole that Klingberg's absence left on Sunday, particularly on the power play. I've seen multiple goals, and I want to say on Sunday as well, where Ryan Suter is a better screen for his own goalie than the opposing player who's actively trying to screen the goalie. And it's just, dude, for being 37, what he, he makes it like... He makes a lot of boneheaded attempts at clearing the zone. Yep. Uh, and that's not exclusive to him, of course. That's the team in general. Lots of clearances to the middle of the defensive zone, which I don't think that's the best place you want to give the other team the puck right in front of your goalie with nobody around. But, dude, he just... Defensively, he's okay. But there's so much more that goes into being a defenseman than just defense. And he falls well below what I would consider even average mm-hmm. in pretty much every category. I mean, he was the he was the Avalanche's best penalty killer on Sunday because he leading the offense, the most expressive air quotes ever with that one and led to I want to say a minute and a half of wasted time just passing the puck around out of four minutes and his one shot was unscreened no deflection directly at Darcy Kemper it was atrocious so he's been the biggest disappointment for me hands down especially at three and a half million dollars a year I mean, I'm with you. Obviously, when we started talking about this season, the the biggest thing was not not offering him as many years as they offered him. You know, and I, I I'm very I'm very worried now because he's almost the antithesis of Joe Pavelski, where you expected him to be good, not this good, um, with Suter you expected him to struggle a little bit, but not this bad. It'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out for him. And I really, really, truly hope that he has a bounce back year next year uh, for everyone's sake. But as it stands right now, I have very little confidence in that. I think that is a huge swing and miss by Jim Neal uh, to, to one, sign an aging defenseman like him, uh, who is Pavelski's friend. They are good friends off of the ice and were before he came to Dallas. And unfortunately, Pavelski, you know, took the biggest swig of the fountain of youth and didn't leave anything for Suter. And now we're having to pay the consequences. So um, I'll, I'll mind. I'll do real quick. Uh, biggest surprise for me. Uh, Pavelski's up there. Uh, I love what Hanley's done. But I'm going to say Jason Robertson. Not because it's it's a lot like your Pavelski. We expected him to be good. I don't think I expected him to be this good again so quick. There's almost been no sophomore slump at all. He's only done better. And so yep. for me, Robertson, he's, he looks to be the franchise star that we expected somebody else on the team to be. Not sure who that is, but somebody else. Uh, biggest disappointment, and it's funny – I don't even think you guys thought of this name because he's been so invisible. 
Roddick Foxa has completely disappeared on the Dallas Stars roster. He, you don't even hear about him. Yeah. Like, he doesn't do anything good. He doesn't do anything bad. He doesn't do anything. And so we just re-signed him to a contract. And it's making me shake my head and go, why'd you do that? So uh, a, a close counter up, cl- uh, excuse me, try that one, rewind it. A close runner-up is Joel Kibiranta. I don't think Kibiranta has really done anything outside of scoring a hat trick to advance us to the next round of you know the Stanley Cup playoffs. And obviously, we'll always be in debt to that. But it's very much a flash in the pan for me from him. Like I don't see, you know, he's a cheap contract. I don't see him getting re-signed by us. He's very much like a he's like a Devin Shore. Or uh, Matthias Yanmark almost, where when he's gone, he's just gone. You know, there's not really a giant, like a Tyler Pitlick even. Remy Ellie, like these old names that you just don't remember because you're like, hey, I really didn't make that much of an impact. So I, there's an overall trend here that we're seeing across the team outside of Pavelski and Robertson, and that's general regression of yeah. players that you would expect. Talent, yeah. Maybe not to be good, but to not be worse than they were last year. And it's yeah. not even those guys like Foxa and Kibiranta yeah. and Suter, but we're seeing it with guys like Miro, who he's not, I mean, he's still very, very good mm-hmm. because he's Miro and he's, that's just who he is. Yep. But he's, at least offensively, and there's been a few times where he's looked really turned around defensively where he just hasn't looked as great as he has in the past. And I, if it was one or two players there, maybe you could say, okay, there's having an off year, but if it's multiple players, especially guys that are new to the team, it points to a more systemic issue where players aren't being challenged in practice, I would guess and not being given the tools to progress their skill sets, whatever they may be, whether that's being a classically defensive defenseman like Ryan Suter, and even to some degree, Essa Lindell hasn't been super great. He's not been bad, but he hasn't been... Lights out or anything like that. Yeah. Right. I mean, Miro had more than one goal last year at this time. I want to say he has maybe two so far. Yeah. Which the guy can create all on his own, and it's just not happening. And I can't imagine that between last year, he has four goals, excuse me. But I can't imagine between this time last year and now, he has just forgotten how to play offense. It points to an overall issue. It's beating a dead horse at this point, but at this at this point, it really just comes down to coaching, and we all in the leadership, in 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 the front office, and we we talked about Nil leaving. More than likely, this is going to be Bones's last season too. Uh, At at least, I don't think Bones is going to lose his job. I just don't think he will be back next year. Like, I don't think the front office is going to do anything about it. They'll just. I I think technically that would be losing his job because he has one more year on his contract after this. Is that right? Yeah. I want to say he signed a okay. two-year extension last offseason. Yeah, I thought it was 20. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess that would be right. 
math is hard. Uh, but it's yeah, okay. um, and it, yeah, sure, Bones can get fired up and, and and yell at the team and everything. But if it's falling on deaf ears and you've lost them, a change of scenery is what's going to be best here. And I hate saying it, maybe that's something we also need. We expect from our veteran players like Sagan and Ben and everything too. Maybe that change of scenery is going to be good. Hell, we saw it happen. Uh, you know, I know we're not a football podcast, but you saw it happen with Odell Beckham. He needed yeah. to get out of he needed to get out of his situation, and look what happened. Fucker won a Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. he got hurt before halftime, and still won it. <laughs> come back, but that's... even his limited playtime in the Super Bowl had an impact. Mm-hmm. So I it's, mean, it's just frustrating. It is, and and I do want to you know give Bones the benefit of the doubt a little bit with a little with some of the stuff, but I mean, at the end of the day, you're failing at your job. You're not producing results. Yeah, and and this is a results driven industry where you could be a nice guy uh and, and lead certain people but at the end of the day if you're not winning cups yeah. you're not winning playoff games and you're not kicking ass then get the fuck out yep yeah i hope he has a wonderful retirement he certainly earned it yep. just don't retire anywhere near this organization it's go to houston simple. When Arizona finally makes its way down to Houston, <laughs> go down to Houston, yeah. I and think we can we, have uh, that forty-five rivalry, and uh, we'll beat your ass every fucking time. Yeah, I, I, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm excited to see what's happening. I know it's going to be kind of tough, uh, but yeah, let's let's finish it out with the MVP before we wrap up this episode. It's been a little bit longer one, but we've had a lot to t- talk about, a lot to catch up on. Jason, who has been your MVP of the of the star season so far? Of the season so far, give me it. I mean, I wasn't going to try to do this, but it's got to be Pavelski. It one hundred percent has to be Pavelski because I, I I feel like we're going to go around the table. Patrick's going to say Pavelski. You're going to say Pavelski. I think we all have the same answer here. Yeah. Who Who else could it possibly be? I was going to say Pavelski, but I have a, I have a different answer. Okay. Then, yeah. Well, hey, that's my answer is Pavelski. So. I mean, good answer. Good answer. I'm with you on that. I respect it. Patrick, uh, who's your who's your backup MVP? Yeah, this is my backup. Uh, and he should not be a backup. And that's one Mr. Otter, Jake Ottinger. 14 and 5 in the games that he started. Yep. And if I had the game logs in front of me, I would guess that the five was probably not very much his fault. But a 9-1-7 save percentage, 9-1-6, 14 wins, just under two and a half goals allowed per game. You can't ask for much more. No. I mean, bump that save percentage up like maybe five, six points, and he's probably in the Vesna comp. Uh, conversation. I could see that. Yeah. Shit, Tuesday we saw it. He won that game for the stars. Single handedly yep. stood on his fucking head. Yeah, absolutely. Lights out. And that, oh. like, that's the thing. Him standing on his head. I don't think it's really that surprising. He's just a good goalie. Yeah. So Jake Ottinger is my my MVP. All loud snaps all around. Yeah, stick taps all around. Snaps, snaps, snaps. Uh, real quick for me, since we're all picking different guys now, uh, Jason Robertson. I mean, 
Big surprise. The the kid is just on fire. He's gonna he's really gonna carry this franchise for a very very long time, and he's just so much fun to watch. The kid just gen- when he's doing well and the team's doing well, he's just genuinely having a good time doing it. So, gonna go with Jason Robertson. Uh, but yeah, that's a that's that's a wrap. I think that's a solid episode. That's probably the most in depth dive that we've taken yeah. on this team uh, in a long time. Uh, as always, we we appreciate everyone for sticking with us. Uh, huge shout out to uh, Conway and Banks. Uh, but yeah, that's all I've got. I have one thing to add. I want to give a special shout out to new buddy Josh Diaz, who I met at the game. He happened to be sitting in the exact same section as me on Sunday. He suffered through that. I don't think he left until <laughs> the end of the game, much like we did. So it's great to meet you, bud. And uh, his buddy said, I wonder how long it'll take before somebody either asks or recognizes the water hockey jersey. And I was like, well, it's a little different for me because. You know I, what you're looking at. Yeah. And I it's I'm not just a random person not to uh, toot our own horns, but. I mean, we're, we're getting noticed, boys. We yeah. really are. Yeah, had a little uh, name drop in College Station where Jason's at. We're just absolutely uh, we're moving and we're grooving. Yeah, so I did not recognize it just because it's cool. I recognized it because we're the three best friends anyone could have. It's true. Adventures. <laughs> yeah. But, Love it. Love well, it. Patrick, uh, I think I, I, I agree with that sentiment. Uh, and a huge thank you to everyone that uh, – that ordered one of the water hockey jerseys on our on our pre-order. We'll definitely be doing more of those in the very uh, very near future, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, stay tuned for that and uh, some other merchandise. But yeah, I mean, we only need six for a reorder. It's true. We only need six for a reorder. Uh, and I know for, there's a lot of people that, that have asked. Yeah, people the guy who I met at Chimmy's, he even asked me about it. Yeah, an orange or a white. I mean, we could do like an away uh, jersey. Uh, just keep it, you know, really keep it fresh, keep it light. Uh, but yeah, that's really all we have, uh, Patrick. If you want to kick it off with the uh, this, the the send out, we'll we'll wrap this one up. Yeah, dudes, stay sassy, and as always, stay moist. Those chimmies marks, and don't uh, for any reason whatsoever, even if you're in the Mountain Time Zone, forget your Kermit tattoo. Yeah, yeah.